Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You're listening to Cluck, the podcast where Ted Cluck and Josh Loftus talk about the things that make them happy. Because we can. Let's do it. Ted, my friend, we are here recording this morning. You are off a glamorous weekend of mm. autographs and pictures and and you know meet and greets and green rooms. Yeah, uh, how are you doing? How are you doing, man? Well, I, I'm not doing great this morning, in as much yeah. as I didn't sleep last night. This has been a yeah. kind of a lifelong affliction in adulthood. This insomnia deal. So, uh, if anyone out there has it, I'm sure they can relate. But um, yeah, it's kind of miserable, and sometimes I deal with it better than other times. You know, in 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 my best nights, there's a sense of kind of peaceful reflection on the Lord and thankfulness, and thankful for the quiet house. But in my not great nights, like last night, um, there's just a lot of kind of bitterness and despair. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, coming off a night of bitterness and despair, but the weekend was good. Um, yep. yeah, there was a lot of autograph signing and picture taking, like you said, and, um, yeah. it was fun, but I don't really feel anything about it. You know, like it's, that's yeah. the weird thing. I feel a sense of, okay, that's over. And maybe this is yeah. just what it feels like to be middle-aged, you know, or to be an adult <laughs> where I'm no longer sure. on this like teenage roller coaster of feeling everything at a super high or low level yeah you know yeah i just think well on to the next thing you know right on to the next obligation but uh yeah yes on to the next thing that demands my time yeah and that's adulthood you know and and for a creative person i think i think that's kind of hard you know yes because i i kind of i want that high of having created and having written something good but like the time to do that is is kind of dwindling away like sand through the hourglass you know so uh <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> that's, wow. that's kind of where i am yeah. <laughs> that's where you're at today yeah yeah that's good to know that's good to know. Well, hey, so at least we're honest about it let me ask you a question regarding okay. a movie that i'm watching for the first time i can't believe this oh, movie yeah. like slipped through my transom all these years it came out okay. in 1983 it's called the big chill are you familiar with the big chill I am, and yeah. I don't know why. The Big Chill. What, Kevin so, Klein, so, William Hurd. What about it? Jeff Goldblum. Well, it's about this group of friends from college, and one of their friends has died, and they've gathered for the funeral, but they end up just like kind of holing up in this house for like three days and like listening to records and talking. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. they made a movie for an Enneagram 4, you know, and they're, they're just talking <laughs> about life, and they're talking about how their lives aren't exactly what they thought their lives would be when they were in college, you know, because in college they had these grand designs on, we're going to change the world and the world needs us. And, and then, you know, they're all successful, but they're all Mm kind of like, we didn't live up to what we thought we were going to be in college. And I, and I, I, you know, or life doesn't look like I thought it would look, 
you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think that's yeah. a fairly common feeling amongst people of a certain age. And I, I find myself really resonating with the movie, even though it's, you know, gradations older than me. You know, in nineteen eighty three I was seven years old. So you Sure. Know. Um, I don't know. I think there's something there, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no I, I was just having this conversation with I don't know who it was, but it was it was kind of just along the same lines, man. Is is all, the the way that I thought life was gonna go when I was a senior in high school? Yeah, it has gone the exact opposite way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like all of the things that I put effort into, that I made plans for. Yes, the Lord has seen fit just in his, in His will to. Like really pivot like one eighty, yeah. You know, and 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 life has been a series of just times and times of learning to accept that and learning to adjust from that. And I think yeah. some of those adjustments are easier than others. If I'm going to be honest, yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and there's there's grief involved in all of them, you know. But then yeah. there's great joy, like. This weekend in Indianapolis, one of my favorite things to do when we go to that city. So if, if you're not familiar, I was there to close my other podcast, The Happy Rant. That's um, right. After a decade, we're done with that now. But I used to live in Indianapolis, and I lived there from age like, I don't know, 20 to 21. You know, I lived there for like two years. As I finished college, mm-hmm. KK had graduated, and she had started to work. And something I love to do, we drove, we drove by our old apartment, and we parked – we got out, we walked through the courtyard. And what's crazy about this, Josh, is that this little apartment complex has changed not at all. It's exactly really? the same as it was oh, that's cool. 25 that's cool. years ago. It's nestled in this little like blue collar neighborhood in, in sort of, it, it's what hipsters are calling Midtown now, but back then it was just like neither right downtown nor in the suburbs. It was just the sure. middle of town, you know, and yeah. and. I loved this place, man. It was a little oasis, and we were young, and we were full of dreams, and we were doing life together for the first time, mm-hmm. getting to know each other as married people, and uh, it was beautiful, man. And uh, yeah. honestly, seeing that apartment was the highlight of my weekend, and it's not yeah. even close, you know? Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That That's really cool. I'm glad you could have that moment. That's, well, that, that's really, really neat. It reminded me of the kind of person that I used to be, you know? Sure, um, sure. Yeah, which was yeah. fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 would have been the moment in the movie where like the montage would have started and like like your favorite song would have been playing. Yeah. And you're walking around with your wife. That's 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 really neat. Yeah, it that's was. Cool. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. That's cool. Um, I I did have a question about the 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 live event though. Yeah, go. I I I'm always curious. How was the, how was the green room situation, Ted? Were you satisfied? Yeah, I mean, this church is great. So it's Soma Church in Midtown. It would it's literally like probably less than a mile from that old apartment. And it's kind of an old school church. Uh, They've got a great little sanctuary there that probably holds a couple hundred people. And just a super comfortable place. We like the people there. They always take really good care of us. Uh, So, yeah, the green room was was dope, man. We ended up – it it turns out the guy that pastors Soma Midtown knows – Tim Tebow's family, so we were kind of like trading Tebow stories in the green room with this guy. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Um, so that was actually kind of fun. It was fun yeah. to have some like um, 
some hunches confirmed about various members of Tebow's oh, family. No. Oh, so no. uh, yeah, it was good. You know. <laughs> now, 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 is this another one of those situations where if I ask you what your opinion of Tebow is, it's going to be like, oh, this guy, I, I can't, I can't talk well, about Tebow. <laughs> no, I. This one's different. I can't. Have I ever told you the Tebow story? I don't. I don't think I've heard Tebow story. Man. Yeah, so, no, it's wild. Again, I, was, I don't know if it's a can of worms. No, but. it's not. I can. There's no emotional freight to it. Um, okay. Okay. I was okay. almost his ghostwriter. So. Oh. Okay. I flew to Mobile, Alabama, when he was a senior in college, to spend a day with him and his family, and it was a surreal day. Um, and his, I, I wrote about all this in in World about a week ago. So it was it was mm-hmm. based on this documentary called The Swamp Kings, which kind of is a. 15 years later, retrospective of the Tebow era and Florida football. So I wrote about it, and I wrote about how that era was an era of worship, right? Like, if you watch the doc, it's all these crazed people kind of worshiping the wrong things. Yeah. And, you know, I wrote a little bit about my experience with the family. So it was down to me and another guy to be his ghostwriter. And I really needed the money at the time. Like, we had just adopted Maxim, so we had just adopted two kids. We were broke. I didn't, you know, if, if I'm being honest, I didn't like Tebow. Um, I, I liked his game a lot. I love the aggressive, you know, kind of hard charging running quarterback mm-hmm. thing. But I didn't like yeah. all the performative kneeling in the end zone. And, you know, because of, you know, don't <laughs> do not do your good works before men where you can be seen. Um, sure, and, sure, and it, sure. it, yeah, it, yeah, it just yeah. kind of conflicted me. I was confused by it. So, right. uh, but then my agent called one night. And literally, this is how it unfolded. He was like, you got to get to Detroit now and get on a plane. And I'm like, why? And he's like, it's down to you and another guy to be Tebow's ghostwriter. And I said to him, I was like, dude, I don't even think I have the money to get a plane ticket to Mobile. And he's like, don't worry about it. We got you. Just get there. So I get there. I fly down. I have this surreal experience where like his family and his entourage has the entire penthouse suite, the top floor of the Renaissance Hotel there in Mobile. It was like Jerry Maguire. Wow. So yeah, oh, like packed, packed lobby full of Tebow worshippers of all like ages. Little bacon wrapped shrimps all over the place. Yeah, dude, it was wild. You know, and his parents oh. were completely coked out on fame. His dad was really rude. Um, oh, no. You know, it was just weird. And he was cool, though. Like, he he was my favorite part of it. Like, he, he just seemed yeah. like a decent, affable kid. In fact, the room was so big that we played catch in the room. Um, so I yeah. caught ta- I caught passes from Tebow that day in the in the hotel suite. And, okay. Um, All right. So I'm driving back to my hotel, and my agent's like, uh, "Here's the deal: you got to write a sample chapter and an outline for the rest of the book tonight." And I'm like, "Great! I work fast. This is my thing. This is what I do." Mm-hmm. So I like mm-hmm. drank a Red Bull, stood on my head, knocked out a chapter that I thought was fantastic, and and uh, and an outline for the rest of the book. Sent it to him. He loved it. And, you know, long story short, um, they ended up not going with me. And the way that it was conveyed was extreme, <laughs> was extremely rude. Um, but it's <laughs> oh, whatever, man. dude. I mean, I just chalk it up to that's that's the business, you know. Yeah. And then he went on to play like, what, one or two years in the NFL? Well, this was the interesting <laughs> thing about the Tebow like, experience. If you yeah. had asked somebody in 2010... Or right. 2009, what the range of outcomes is for Tebow, you yeah. were getting answers like President of the United States or maybe the <laughs> Messiah. You know what I mean? Like there were people that thought yes. this kid was yeah. like oh, literally. Dude. He this, was everything. Well, I mean, he was handsome. He had the huge biceps. Yeah. You know, he was just Christian enough, like right. for, for a right. shallow kind of certain sort of 
Christian, like he was catnip, you know, and, yeah. and it, yeah. the yeah. gist of my piece was <laughs> how it, it's, it's very like human heartish to want to throw our worship on something material. You know oh, what totally. I mean? And, yeah, and yeah. so people doing this in a wholesale way, it really wasn't fair to Tebow. So the range of outcomes being president of the United States, maybe the Messiah in a weird way, he's underperformed. In right. that, you know, now you go into any like Michaels or Hobby Lobby and there's a crappily ghost written, moderately inspirational Tebow book next to the mints right. and the gum, you know, and yeah. it's like in a weird way, that's that's He's sitting there with a football and a baseball. Well, it's a massive amount of fame. And he's on ESPN from time to time saying moderately interesting things about college football. But at the end of the day, right, like right. he ended up being a normal guy in his 20s who's not the messiah <laughs> you know right, and it's like right, that's fine right. that's actually okay yeah but yeah. he didn't work well as an idol because you know spoilers nothing works well as an idol you know <laughs> uh so yeah. i don't know the whole thing was kind of fascinating yeah and it was weird for me to have this day with them to get kind of a window into it and i i, I truly and i mean this a thousand percent earnestly i'm grateful that the lord didn't didn't see fit to give me that job. And kind of like mm-hmm. what you were saying in the intro, you know, there were things that you thought you wanted at the time that mm-hmm. the Lord yeah. in his providence didn't see fit to give you. That project at that time, I think it would have, from a cynicism standpoint, broken the bruised reed that I was. You know what really? I mean? And okay. I, I'm, I'm really glad the Lord didn't take me that way. Sure, um, sure. And it would have it would have been a lot of money and it would have been more money with more books and all that, but I wouldn't have liked it and it would have made me more cynical, so I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. Yeah. That's good. But that's, that's good. a story in a nutshell. That's a sto- that's know. a story in a nutshell, man. Yeah, Tim Tim Tebow stories in the green room. That's that's always <coughs> that's that's interesting. Yeah. Did you play did you play football with anybody in the green room though? That's the question. You get to No, no, it wasn't that kind of crowd. I mean Ronnie uh. wouldn't know what a football is and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there it is. Uh. I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, he'd be throwing it like end over end, you know. <laughs> Trying to use it to take a picture. I don't know. Oh, man. I, w- uh, well, uh, I will say this, though. Okay, yeah. This is probably not something what? I should divulge on the air, but I'll say I'll say it on the air. I'll get a call. I'll get a call. Uh, I'll get a text in a two days. Be like, hey, we got to edit this out. No, I don't think you will. Um, right. You know how he's he's always been the most kind of performatively nonchalant about the show. Like oh uh, I don't care about it I've never listened you I've know. never I've never listened to an episode yeah I, I only said, show up I've to every third episode yeah, sure, you know sure yeah yeah literally the morning after yeah he was like let's start planning the reunion show and he wasn't joking and he he was like why did we quit the most successful thing any of us have ever done <laughs> wow. he like he really wants it back you know and, and really it, already yeah, already it's 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 fascinating to me <laughs> the reunion know. show yeah i don't know <laughs> okay man. okay all right well i mean that'll be you know Give it, give it, give it ten years, and, and you know, <laughs> years a decade, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it ten years, and then do your, uh, do your little reunion there, man. It'll be fine. Yeah. If conferences are still a thing at that point. Yeah. Hopefully, the world's uh, over by then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. All right, Ted. Well, uh, for the remainder of our time here, man, mm-hmm. we've got, uh, we've got a, 
We've got a few things that we can hop into. Yeah. Uh, one of them is actually a, a follow-up question from a listener that wants us to consider a third party for the <laughs> who's the most handsome. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Because because we we pitted Kurt Warner. Yeah. Against Troy Aikman. Yeah, I saw right? you put a like the worst possible picture of Troy Aikman on the internet on, on your Instagram. That was really it was the that was really I, I, deftly it, done by you. It was literally like the first one that I could find of where they were of the same age. Yeah. Because because I think I think we did agree at the in the pod that if if we're talking young them. Yeah. It's it's I think I think Troy I think Troy edges it out. Troy takes but it we, for young. Yeah. I think I think so. But we have we have a third. So uh, one of our one of our Instagram followers uh, Susan, she wants to she wants to know why Joe Montana was not considered. Oh wow. Yeah, super super handsome dude. Yeah, and I, I figured that's a good question, and we yeah. should probably con- we should probably talk about that. Well, first of all, that's an outstanding call by Susan. She's really dialed into the spirit of this, and I, I mm-hmm. appreciate her putting that out. Mm-hmm. I'll say this: mm-hmm. it's going to sound like an excuse, okay? Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> and it's going to sound weird. <laughs> okay. uh, I think Joe Montana existed for me in my childhood, and he kind of existed before <laughs> I started talking about how attractive other dudes were. But I no. just remember like <laughs> sure, yeah. getting into my 20s and I'd go to my cousin's house and like even in college, I'd go over there and we'd be in his basement just chopping it up, talking about football or whatever. And one of us would say like, man, Troy Aikman. I'm like, yeah. You know, and, and again, both of us being like staunchly heterosexual. That's but, right. That's you know, right. we weren't doing that at like age nine, you know. That's uh, fair. About Montana fair. when kind of when Montana was a thing. But but yeah, in in the... With with the luxury of of kind of hindsight, Montana was a super handsome dude. I think yeah. more handsome probably than, I mean, definitely more handsome than Kurt Warner in my opinion. Yeah, See? I mean, it, it's like you made him in a lab, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so this begs the question: Okay, is there a certain kind of of sort of ninety fifth percentile genetic material that just goes into making somebody a quarterback? You know, is it like you've got hot yeah. parents, you've got rich parents, you've got whatever, mm-hmm. like you're just going to be a quarterback because the genetic material is so next level. And, see, and see, I want to I want to frame this with a with an illustration too. As we were driving around this weekend, and I don't know what brought it up, we were talking about football, me and KK. And she was like, "Why did you never want to be the quarterback?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Honestly, it never occurred to me to be the quarterback. Like I wanted yeah. to hit people. I wanted to be the yeah. tough guy." I was right. always drawn to like neck rolls and tough guys and like Mike Allstott and dudes like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it never occurred to me to want to be the, and I think it's because I wasn't handsome enough. You know, yeah. At the end of the day, that's probably it. So that's really interesting because I as as you're talking, I'm trying to think through. I can't say that I have ever seen a quarterback. Yeah. That I would consider to be an ugly dude. Okay, I'm sure they exist. I'm, I, I, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm but sure I, they do. But, but, but to your point, like there, yeah. there seems to be some, some sort of. There's kind of a baseline handsomeness there. At work, there's like a, you know, br- a baseline like breeding standard mm-hmm. <laughs> for for quarterbacks. So it's like you need to be, yeah. you need to have like this kind of body type. You yeah. can't be too muscular because right. then, then you know, you need to be in linebacker or something like that. You need to be a certain height. You know, well, like, and, and especially now where. Part of the job of quarterback is like 
going to all these boutique camps and seven on sevens and instruction from age four. Like you have to have a rich dad to finance all that. So it's really become a rich guy's position more today than it's ever been. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird deal, dude. I I think, yeah. Quarterbacks are just going to get more and more handsome and, uh, but good call by Susan on, on Joe Montana. That's a, that's a classic right there for sure. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. I agree. I agree. I, I personally, I personally still hold Kurt Kurt up there, but and again, I think it's kind of for the same reason as Joe Montana was never really my periphery. Yeah, just because he was, you know, yeah, a, you're even younger than me, and so yeah, for you, true. Montana, yeah. Montana is like a a piece of history for you. You know, yeah, yeah, but but I but I will admit, you know, looking at him, you know, like he is what I would call '70s handsome. Yeah, and and that's not an insult, dude. That's '70s handsome would, is kind of how I would. That's kind of an awesome. It brand of handsome if you ask me i would i was back when handsome was like 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 tom Selleck handsome well and it's back before it's like it implied rugged. like i'm making every wise health choice that there is i haven't had a i haven't had a carb yeah. since 1992 you know like yes it, it's back before like men did botox yeah you could be 70s you know? handsome and be a little rough around the edges you know you could you could. i dig that dude. you could i want to go back I, to that I, I do too, Ted. You know, yeah. you know. I, I, I think back, back when you were allowed to, like, have not a perfectly shapen face. Yeah. Right. And you had, yeah. you had that facial hair, man. Like the, the cleft chin was a really yeah. big thing. You yeah. know. Um, yeah. You yeah, didn't have to be handsome. like zero percent body fat. You know, you could. Yeah, you could be a like a real dude. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hundred percent. I like 100%. that. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we're we're in on Joe Montana. We'll give him the we'll give him the honorable mention. Hundred percent is 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 what we'll do. Uh, we have an ask Coach Cluck here, Ted. Let's get to um, it. Um, this is from a faithful listener, mm-hmm. Evan Winterstein. Which Shout every time Evan. I hear that last name, I think that's such a. I'd such like a to cool start a band name. with him called Winterstein. I, Dude, I just think that would be okay. an incredible band. Well, let's talk about that first. Yeah. Now that you brought that, that's right up my alley. What kind of band are we talking here? I mean, classic rock. What kind rock, of band like is a, Winterstein? Winterstein, to me, they exist in like like a 70s art rock space, kind of like a like a See, Jethro Tull or... Dude, I was going to say we are an ABBA cover band. No, <laughs> not, <laughs> not quite that gay, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like five years ago that's a thing Winter I could Steen. say, but I feel like I could say that now. You no, know I what? feel this like Winterstein is like a. <laughs> Dude, my cat is so out of control this morning. She's Uh-oh. knocking stuff off my bookshelves in my office. Ah, uh, cats. That's cats mad. do, man. Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, Harriet. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, Winterstein to me like hard rock, like art rock, maybe prog rock. Maybe like a dream Ooh, theater vibe to it. Some prog rock. Yeah, okay. I could I All could right. see Winterstein giving giving Dream Theater a run for their money. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. that's kind of where it is for me in my mind. I think Winterstein is a power trio. Okay. So so we've got the awesome drummer, the awesome guitarist, and then that that one guy who you know I mean basically like Rush, yeah. right? Who sings, plays, you know, bass or guitar and piano, yeah. and basically does everything else. Yeah. And, yeah. and 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 his last name is Winterstein. Yeah. So we basically went Van Halen. I love it. Right, and just yeah. named it after the guy's last name. Well, yeah. if you got a if you got a last name that's that money, you're not wasting yeah. it. You're not naming your band no. something stupid. You know. 
No, of course not. It's just got to no. be a last name. Yeah, yeah, Winterstein is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so uh, Winterstein says this. He says, question for each of you. We mm-hmm. have questions for each of us, Ted, okay? Right. Uh, let's see. For the coach, he says, what do you think about other team sizes for football? Six-man, eight-man. He says, I grew up with nine-man, and mm. I love the difference in how you scheme, especially on the line. Yeah. That's what he wants to know from you, Ted. So we'll cover that first. Yeah, I think it's super cool. I mean, um, you you read about it, you hear about it happening in places like North Dakota or, or Idaho or whatever that are sparsely populated, and you don't have mm-hmm. a, a high school that's big enough to field like a regular football team. But um, I love football oddities. I think it's why... When I was younger and playing, I was drawn to like indoor football and arena and and some of these just odd football scenarios where, yeah, you're scheming it up differently. The field has different dimensions. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just in on all that. I think it's really cool. I think great players can come out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I do appreciate the creativity that requires on behalf of a coach and even like, um, you know, you're probably dealing with guys that are smaller, you know, so your yeah. your O-line yeah. and D-line play has to kind of uh, change as a result, which is fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm in, man. I'm, I'm totally yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I know uh, growing up where I did out in eastern Washington, there would we, – we would play – most of the schools we would play would be nine-man, but every once in a while we'd, we'd, we'd come up against a school – that was eight man, mm-hmm. you know, and they'd have to figure out how to how to you know fill like a ninth person. But but you know, watching eight man football or seven man or six man football is always, it's always just it's so interesting to see how the different strategies play out because yeah. one, I mean, you have less people, right? Yeah, and you have to you have to make the decision where are we going to sacrifice the bodies? Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, it's really really neat. Yeah, really for sure, neat. for sure. All right, so you're in on it. You like football oddities. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's that's something you're in on. Question for me. Um, he says, have you bought into Downton Abbey like Ted has? Oh, wow. That's says, a totally different question. It's completely different. Yeah. He says he thinks it's incredible. Mm. Um, so I'll answer this, and then I'm going to throw it over to Ted to hear kind of what his current relationship is with Downton Abbey. Yeah. Um, uh, Winterstein, I have. Mm. Uh, I, I will say that I have, yeah. and it wow. was because of Ted okay. that that I did. Nice, uh, Ted. Here's something I'll say about Ted. All mm. right, um, Ted. I'm going to say this to you. Okay. All right. You have yet to miss. Wow. On TV shows, suggestions for myself and my wife. Wow, dude, that is a I, massive compliment. I can I think of three. It. Yeah. Two that you specifically suggested, and one that that I that you vicariously okay. suggested. Uh, the first one is Downton Abbey. Yeah, right. So I heard about I, I I heard you guys talking about it on on one of your podcasts. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'll check this out because you know I think Ronnie was talking about it and Barnabas mm-hmm. was talking about it, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then you started talking about it. I'm like, okay, well, if Ted likes it, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna I, I'm gonna try it. Yeah. And you know what, dude? My wife and I like we love it. Isn't it great? It's just it's such a great show. Good storytelling, good writing, great character work. You yeah. care about the characters. You become invested. It's a it's a beautiful setting to sit in for an hour. I'm just yep. so in on it. Yeah. Yep. Completely. Yep. Dude, what Second were the other ones? I, I oh oh, dude, dude, I've got a list. I've yeah. got a list. I'll throw it at you. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Dairy Girls. 
Oh, Dairy Girl, so fun. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. So much fun. So much heart. I wish there were more right? episodes of that. I do too, man. Yeah. I re- that was I really a blast, do. dude. I really do. Yeah. Um, um, what was, uh, there's, there's at the least bear. two more. Yeah. The, the bear. bear, the yeah, bear, of course the bear. Yeah. Dude, the bear. I am all in on that show. I have yeah. turned into, I've turned into an, a, a, an evangelist for that show. I really have too. Yeah. When I, when I was, especially when I was watching it, it was kind of all I could think about, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much going yeah. on there and it says so much about people. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, man. For sure. Dude, where are you? Okay. Okay. This actually brings up, we had, we had another question by a listener and I can't, I can't remember your name. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I know it came from one of our, I, uh, yeah, one of our listeners I want to say on Instagram, but she, okay. she wanted to know. Where are we on Carm's girlfriend second season? Because she's gotten a lot of hate, actually. Really? She has because the uh, 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 her character's gotten a lot of hate. If I remember correctly, why gotten a lot of hate for almost being like, like, almost being like a fictitious like like uh, like like this girl doesn't exist. Like you're just setting up a perfect girlfriend for Carm just just oh, for I drama. See. You know see. what I'm saying? Yeah. But, Dude, I really liked her character. I did too. I think she's super season. cool. I, I, yeah, yeah. There was just enough of her, you know. That it wasn't too much. And and look, from a storytelling standpoint, at this point in time, and we don't have season three yet. Right. She exists just kind of to show how obsessed Carm is with his restaurant. You know right. what I mean? It, it, it's right. sort of one of these things, Josh, where it's like, as a viewer, you're supposed to go. My goodness, she is amazing. Why is Carmi not spending more time with her and not caring for her yeah. better? And you know what I mean? So that that's the role she's playing right now. And that may be the only role she ever plays on the program. We don't know. But yeah. uh, I think she's great. I think she's she's very Chicago. She's very authentically Chicago. She mm-hmm. looks like she could mm-hmm. come from there. She kind of talks like it. Uh, she She looks cool. Their interactions seem genuine enough yeah i'm in you know i I got no beef with it and and it's funny like i don't Uh i don't swim in the sort of internet letterbox like deconstructing every piece of media kind of water so i don't i don't necessarily see what people are saying about things yeah so it doesn't ruin it for me you know yeah oh no 100 and again i can't i can't remember if that's exactly what people are saying i just know that there's a lot of people that that were out on her and and dude i'm honestly in like i thought she was a great character you know and and i agree i think it sets up it's it's she she is brought in as kind of a i would say a a clean mirror to show where karm's at yeah i agree you know because because you see karm's relationship with like his cousin and then his sister right and then all the other workers and they all have different dynamics she comes in almost as a clean slate 100 to to, to be like okay how is karm interacting with just a regular person that he doesn't really have any any you know history with right yeah and dude that final scene that like that whole episode where karm's in the freezer yeah like like that entire episode. That's right? crazy, dude. That was so well done. Yes. Yeah. You just see, like, you see everything around Carm. Yeah. Going fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. like it gets, like it gets, it gets a little dicey. Well, Richie, Carm, Richie's having his hero moment. Dude, Richie got his. Yeah. I man, my man Richie, dude, came through. I knew yeah. the minute he started looking at all those tickets, and you see yeah. his brain working. Yep. I I leaned over to my wife. I'm like, Richie's got this. Here it comes. Yeah, here it yeah. comes. And Rich and they killed it, dude. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, Carm is freaking out. Well, and it's it's revealing his heart, 
Yes, and it is. Yeah. As a Christian, yeah. I watched him in the freezer and I agonized with him because I've yep. been there, you know, and I've, I've, yep. I've been there to such a degree that like what's coming out of my heart is revealing how broken it is, you know, mm-hmm. and how, how little, mm-hmm. how small my faith is sometimes. And I mean, Carm didn't purport to have faith in the show. So his, his sure. calculus is different, but yeah, just those, those moments in life where circumstances have rendered you powerless mm-hmm. and how do you respond yep. you know and he's just kicking yeah. he's bucking he's raging against it yes and yeah yeah, yeah. There's, instead of accepting there's no perspective in the moment and yeah it was jarring to see that because i've done it so many times yeah. you know to my shame yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, such a great show. The fourth, fourth and final one that you recommended that we ended up we enjoyed, mm-hmm. we finished, mm-hmm. and I want to know if you have finished it yet, and if you have any thoughts. Is mm-hmm. Outer Banks? Uh, I could never finish it. I couldn't get through. <laughs> you it. You didn't finish it. No, it got too stupid. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> even as a thing that like like last night, I couldn't sleep, so I had all this time to like watch television mm-hmm. without KK. I still didn't. I didn't think to go back to it. You know. Yeah. It yeah. just, I think for both of us, got too dumb. And I'll say this, we enjoyed what we enjoyed about it. Like the the wharfs, the the searching for treasure, some yeah. of the dad stuff was kind of interesting. But yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, it was just too stupid. Yeah. So uh, it, it didn't finish. But that's okay. You know, I have, yeah. I have no, fond memories of it, you know. Yeah, you have fond memories of it. Outer Banks <laughs> is like a, it's like a friend that you meet on vacation, you know. and yes. <laughs> that's right that's and a perfect description hopefully for the friend understands that you're just vacation friends i mean typically right. in my like, case we're become, not gonna exchange numbers yeah they, they become you know? stalkers all too often in my case but um <laughs> but, but vacation stalkers huh? yeah like a vacation friend it's like a nice time you know and you're having conversations at dinner and it's fun but like both parties kind of understand this isn't going to be a long-term thing, you know. Yeah, our yeah, lives are yeah. too different. But uh, yes, but absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Outer Banks for me. That is Outer Banks. Yeah, 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 yeah. For us, like it was always the hard, it was the hard sell of trying to trying to convince ourselves because I don't think the show did a very good job of it. Yeah. Trying to convince ourselves that these thirty-year-old thirty-year-olds were like <laughs> yeah. sophomores in high school. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, and then you see. <laughs> You see actual sophomores in high school or, Josh <laughs> right. Loftus, yeah. sophomores in college at Union uh, University, which is our sponsor. Oh, and there we go. They look and seem so young. They're just like children, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, to me, especially, I, I see them and I'm like, uh, these people drive cars? And, like, <laughs> they have jobs? It's astonishing. But, um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, like, then you, then you watch Outer Banks and it's like these perfectly chiseled, 31 year olds playing like high school kids and it's so incongruous but i have to say (laughs) my students at union university got me turned on to the show so they were a part of on ramping Mm -hmm. me to outer banks and uh, josh union is a great place to study if you want an education that is robust biblical and baptist uh what do i mean by that robust academically um some of our faculty are the most elite in the world at what we do um, there you go. Biblical, everything grounded in Scripture. Christ is made much of in the classroom. And Baptist, we are, you know, unabashedly... We don't baptize babies. What's that? We don't, we don't baptize, baptize babies. babies. Yeah, we're not doing that in chapel, you know. <laughs> <They> will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, I mean, this is That's something right. that as Christian higher ed kind of ebbs and flows, I, I like that we're hanging our hat on those things. And mm-hmm. I just want to invite people to come and study with me at Union. Even if you're a little bit older, like John B. in Outer Banks, if you're 31, <laughs> you, you could still come. You could pull up. You can, uh, you know, kind of put aside your search for you know, sunken gold and, and come study journalism at Union for a couple of years with me. That's right. Um, That's and right. one of the ways that you can do that, Josh, is hit up uu.edu slash apply, uu.edu slash apply. And if you enter the promo code CLUCK, K-L-U-C-K, all caps at checkout, you get a free application for admission uh, just to help defray the cost of applying to college. And I think it's a great deal. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I hope people take advantage of it, and um, that's my promo for Union. And well, I, that's a fantastic promo, Ted. Excellently yeah. delivered, as always. Yeah. The link is in the description of this video of this video of this of this episode, yeah. everyone. So, like Ted said, K L U C K all caps. Get your free admissions packet. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Love it. It'll be awesome. Yeah. All right, Ted. Well, I think we're going to get out of here, man. We've done some good work today. We've yeah. answered some good questions. Um, had some good, uh, some good TV talk, football talk, and it's been uh, good. It has been good, man. Yeah, it has been good. So we're gonna get out of here, listeners. You all know what to do. You can uh, follow us on the uh, on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cluckcast. I'm gonna ask our listeners to do something for us because here's the thing. Um, we don't ask this a lot, mm-hmm. but if you're on Apple, if you're on an Apple device, uh, and I think Spotify allows you to do this as well, we'd ask you to take five seconds out of your day. Right. If you liked this episode, if you appreciate Cluck and you know the 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 content that we roll out for you for free, right? Yeah. We ask that you uh, throw a little skin in the game. Scroll down, give us a little five star review, and write us a little something. We'd really appreciate it. You know, it helps get the podcast out to more people. And now that there's this massive void yeah. in the podcast oh, universe gosh, yeah. that have been that has been that has been just recently left asunder. <laughs> right? Uh people need people are gonna need a home. Ted, yeah. people are confused. I know. Right? People are, people people are, are hurting. Conf- Josh, they're lost. Right? Yeah. They're yeah. lost. Yeah. Right. And they're 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 gonna grab onto anything that really offers them a we're uh, we're know, here to guide them, them home to the Cluck Podcast. That know? is what we are here to do. And then right? to and, Union where and they and can study to- with them. <laughs> yeah. And then to Union. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, listener, you can be a part of that individual's journey yeah. by liking this podcast, reviewing this podcast, and getting it in front of their eyes. We would really appreciate that. Thank you. All right. We'll catch you guys later on the next episode of Cluck. Have an awesome week. Later. Later.